Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. FT Live. Braun presents the Krabs Podfather. So if you're watching the show right now on Stadium or on Stadium's YouTube channel, no, Todd Father's not dealing with the hurricane. We are dealing with the hurricane. Todd Father, what are you dealing with? I'm dealing with a little internet problem going on right now. <laughs> hey, we're going to make do today. Glad to be back on and see you guys. So we're going to figure it out. Dude, good to see you. And yes, first off, to anyone that's going through it right now with the hurricane, you know, in Florida or Georgia or wherever it's heading next, um, hope you're safe and that everyone's okay and, and either stays inside or has gotten out of the areas that they need to get out of. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about Tampa. Well, let's get a quick weather report from our expert here. Friends in Tampa are dealing with it Tampa's the most. In it. Big Ben, like the Big Ben in Florida got yeah. crushed. What's another big city in that area? <laughs> Tallahassee? No, it, it kind of went between Tallahassee and Gainesville. Okay. So it kind of it kind of went right. Like Cedar Key would be like the place that people, maybe people have heard of. Apalachicola, okay. something like that. Perry, Florida. Something like, it, 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 it kind of it, it missed like – Tampa and it missed Tallahassee it kind of went between them. Huh. Okay. But it's crushing like South Georgia. Like I talked to a buddy of mine in South Georgia. He's like, we got winds of 60, 70 miles an hour. I've never seen that here before. Yeah, that's wild. We we totally ditched it. We're good. It's just another day in rain. Florida. Yeah, we had some rain and some wind, but like nothing. South wind though, which we never get here. I don't even know what that means, that's but that sounds way. good. Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't it goes do the from whole that way to that way. Do you do the whole like Lick the finger and oh, it's the south wind today. Well, I can just look at the lake and uh, I can tell oh, you. I don't have a lake in my backyard, not yet. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's charge the damn mound. And uh, also, Russ Dorsey is going to join us in 15 minutes. Kerry Carpenter, who's crushing it with the Tigers, will join us an hour or two along with Jose yeah. Trevino. By the way, that was Kratz's home run pick for a while, too. That was like his good for a little while. That was for one day. I got it right. I got off of him. Oh, well, well that, that was a mistake because he's hit many since. So we'll get get into it with Kerry coming up soon. All right, let's charge the damn mound with our Little League World Series report presented by Todd Father because you're our expert. Great job on the coverage. I know you and Jess Mendoza with the analysis every day, and I saw all the social media dancing and everything else. So give us the report. Like, how was it? Um, what was the, the breakdown of, of who stood out to you? Well, it was great, man. I mean – Nobody knew what to expect. You know, you have your U.S. teams coming in, but at the same time trying to figure out who the best team would be. And then the West and these guys from California were unbelievable. Guy was six foot one, Lewis Lappy and Brooks Brody. These guys were absolutely phenomenal, throwing 70 plus. Um, then you got on the other side, you got Chinese Taipei. Uh, Fan, Fan, Fan Chen Jun was throwing 82 miles an hour. I mean, this guy, nobody's ever seen it before. You got I got to talk to him a little bit. You look at him, he looks 12, but his body looks like he's 25. And just throwing 72-mile-an-hour sliders at that age from 42 from 46 feet is unbelievable. Um, Curacao came back again. They were trying to get vengeance from losing last year. Jadlin Wheel was the main benefactor there. Just came up a little bit too short at the end and uh, threw a fastball right down the plate to Lewis Lappy to win it all, man. And it was a very exciting time. Two weeks there, and um, yeah. It was uh, it was it was fun times at South Williamsport. Is that like eighty two for for what age? Twelve. It's equivalent to one hundred and five mile an hour fastball in the major leagues. Jeez, yeah. because of the distance. Base, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that was uh, it was crazy. Danny Almonte. Hey. Danny Almonte. <laughs> it's, this guy threw harder than Danny, which is even crazier to think about. Except Danny Almonte was sixteen. When he <laughs> exactly. Was this guy's twelve. Do you know any twelve year olds in this area? That are thrown in the 80s? No, I mean, like, I remember when my son was 12, you know, they were, him and a couple other kids were like 72-ish. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. Like, if you it hit is. 70, that was, like, hard. But 82, that's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I saw no. on Instagram and Twitter this kid, and he looked like a grown man from in the body. His face didn't look it, but in the body, he was, I don't know if he's going to. 
don't know if he's going to grow a whole lot because he's he was already. Like, he got it already. He looked like you. Well, he's fine. He's good at twelve. At twelve, he can that body plays for the rest of his life. Listen, you know? he. Um, I threw sixty five when I was twelve, and the only reason I know that because they put the miles per hour on ESPN. Anybody that threw anywhere near seventy, I thought was Nolan Ryan. So. These guys nowadays, if you're not throwing 70, these guys hit it so easily. And that's where it's like the difference between when we played and when these guys are playing now. The speed is just absolutely crazy. Kratz, in, in, in uh, the sticks in Pennsylvania, what do we got on the velo gun for 12-year-olds? So the, the only way I ever knew how hard I threw was when I went down to the shore and I paid my $3 <laughs> to get three balls. And I just, you know, you think about it now, you're like, you didn't like warm up. You didn't like give like a, like a stretch or nothing. Just who knows what my velo was. I had no idea. We bounced, we bounced out of the first, first round of like districts of the little league. I remember I didn't get hit at all in little league. And then I went to the districts or whatever the first round is. Dudes just teed off on me. I'm like, Ugh, guess I'm done pitching. Give me the gear. <laughs> give me the gear. Hey, Todd Father, did you have some action in the booth? I did have some. I had a couple, a couple foul balls. I should have caught one. Um, oh, we got the video. Oh, so you can't see it, but there's a metal beam in front of you. You have to either go uh, underneath it or above. I went underneath to grab it, and it was higher. I should have went above. Should have had it. Yeah, the video doesn't make it look bad. Like it doesn't make you look like a, a you know, like you totally whipped. There's some I've seen with broadcasters where it's literally coming right at them, and they're like. Yeah, you okay. had that? No. I'm one for one. You're there one for you one? Stuck it. No. I'm cap. one for one. Are you? I am. I was calling Miami, Virginia Tech. And I will say though, I'm, like I caught it, but I caught it like it was a like a stomach lap catch. Okay. So but I was I was literally doing the play by play. I was like fouled back in my lap. The one I got was Hawk Day in Chicago. And Hawk was here and I literally caught it in front of his face right here. <laughs> oh, it would have hit him square in the face. Do you have video of that? There's video of it online. Okay. And I literally caught it like this, and I looked at him, I go, I just saved your life. He's like, what are you talking about? He had no idea. You didn't even see it. He had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea. That's when you know it's time to retire. <laughs> you don't know what's coming straight no, at you. Don't know there's a ball coming right at your face. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let, let's spend a good you know, five to seven minutes here at least on what's been going down with the Angels getting rid of their entire team potentially. So this could be complicated for some. I'll read a series of tweets to try and inform people what's going on here. So Jeff Passan first break in the news that the Angels placed Lucas Giolito, reliever Matt Moore, who's having a great year, Reynaldo Lopez, who has great stuff, Hunter Renfro, Randall Gritchick, on waivers, and there's a couple others actually since Dominic Leon for them and Tyler Anderson, who still has two years left. No one's picking that up. Huge potential playoff implications. All can be claimed by teams for free on Thursday. Well, not for free. You have to pay the rest yeah, of the contract, but you do not have to give up shit. Here's Ari Maroff, who says someone should tell the Angels that today is the <laughs> NFL's cut down day, not MLB's cut down day. Sam Blum, who does a great job covering the team for the Athletics, said the month started with the Angels going all in, looking for their first playoff season in nine years. The month ends with a concrete acknowledgement that their attempt failed without even contending. Um, a couple more that I think will be helpful here. This one I think is super interesting from Jim Duquette because this doesn't happen. Guys get placed on waivers, but not like half the team to try and get under the salary cap, which really is technically called a luxury tax, but it's a salary cap. Duquette said, if this is true, I would expect a grievance to be filed by the MLBPA since most of these transactions are not baseball performance related, but an attempt to get below the luxury tax, or at the very least, the commissioner should look at the, quote, best interests yeah. of baseball clause. And lastly, yeah. Ken Rosenthal adding the other players currently on waivers. Harrison Bader, Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, Jose Cisnero from the Tigers, 
And he said claims are awarded in reverse order of winning percentage as of Thursday. So at the end of the games tonight, you look at the record, and if there's like a wild card team that has the worst record, they can have a damn field day and pick guys up if their owners are willing to spend some money. So that's what Ken was just talking about there. Holy shit, we might have another trade deadline over the next 24 this hours. This is what we tried to avoid. This is what teams were, or the players were trying to avoid when they did the new CBA and only had one trade deadline because they didn't want this. They wanted players once they got to July 31st or August 1st, whatever the trade deadline is, and be like, okay, I'm locked into this team for the rest of the year. But, th- dude, the Angels are – they might start a new trend, and there has to be something done about this because you can't – you can't just be like, okay, we tried, now we're giving up. And, by the way, whoever wants these guys can have them. I mean, if you're the Reds, why do you not get Giolito? And why do you not get Reynaldo Lopez? And why, pick them all up if you have money. I mean, if you have money to spend. But this is a blatant attempt by the Angels to get under the luxury tax and save a bunch of money from Artie Moreno. And he should get called called for it. Definitely should get called out. I mean, this this happened this happens often. And the, and the only one that I remember that somebody got claimed, yeah, Verlander, you know, he had to pass through waivers, and then he ended up getting traded at, like, the last minute that one time. But he had to pass through waivers. Guys get passed through waivers in August. Sometimes you don't even know about it. So the whole, like, Bader getting passed through and he didn't even know about it, plenty of players don't know about it. It's not the Yankees disrespecting them. It's not anything nefarious, except for the Angels. Because if you add it up, the guys that they're going to – hopefully in their mind, get rid of, we'll drop them below the luxury tax. And I don't know how much, I don't know how much that is going to like, you know, is there a penalty for going over it during the season? And then if you're back under at the end of the season, I don't know how that plays out, but there'll be a grievance, but then they're going to end up, well, no, we just wanted more innings for some of our younger guys. And so, it, we did nothing wrong, and then MLB will be like, oh, yeah, you're right. We're the governing body. There won't be anything wrong. No, the Angels are going to get under the luxury tax because enough of these guys are going to get picked up. Some of these guys are effective players, Todd Father. Scott, can so say the Red Sox can be the first wild card like contender to pick. Can they take every single person, or they get one, and then it goes back around again? It's a good question. I believe they can take everyone. They can take as many as they, they want to take, roster spots for. The, I, I believe they can claim all of those dudes as long as they cut players that are on their 40-man. Wow. So this goes back to a month ago when we talked about trading Otani. I was a big advocate of saying trade him, trade him, trade him. You're going to get the biggest trade pieces back. They just, they just made some of the biggest mistakes out. The Angels – I feel bad. You know who I feel bad for is Mike Trout, man. He's been doing this. This has been going on for years now. He's a guy that he needs to get out of there. He needs to go. And, you know, if I'm him, if they don't get a monster haul back in this offseason, it's time to start making waves. I mean, I would cause a problem. Like, hey, listen, I don't want to be here anymore. Figure it out to get me out of here, and that's it. And I know his contract is humongous. I know it's going to be hard to do, but I would want to be out of there as soon as possible. We had that conversation yesterday, right? We Remember did. I said, go to him, go to Todd, go to Artie Moreno quietly after the season and just say, yeah. dude, I want out and see what he says. Well, and my thing is, and Todd, be like, I can help you for the next 10 years. Yeah. Todd is, you're friends with Trout for years. If you're having lunch with him in the off season, you sit with him and say, hey, bud, I know you're nice as hell and, and, and you're living the good life, but you really want to win. And I know this isn't your style, but maybe you yeah. should sit down with Artie, you have a relationship with him and, and do like what AJ said and just explain to him that you got you guys got to rebuild and and I, I, I've i got prime years that are going to disappear here pretty soon. Yeah, he's got, you know, I don't know how many years he has on the contract, but it's a lot. So it's something where, you know, he's going to, it's not fun to play for a losing team. It's not fun at all. At all. I've been on a couple. I know you guys have been on a bunch of them. It's boring. All you want to do is you can't wait till football comes around. And that's terrible to think about. You know, you know, you got a job to do. And it's something where, you know, he's he's got to take the bull by the horns and explain to him, hey, Art, man, listen, you screwed up. Enough's enough. I want out. Let's figure this out. And let's be cordial about this whole thing. And let's fix this because you messed up and it's time for me to go. 
apparently uh, Harrison Bader found out he was on waivers from watching TV, and he was asking the dudes, like, what's waivers? And they're probably like, dude, you might be gone. I mean, he hasn't been hitting the ball well, but he's actually a guy that's not on big money. You know, like Giolito, you pick him up, and this is where it gets interesting with the Reds, for example, because the Reds desperately need pitching. Their starting pitching is ranked at the bottom of the league. Lodolo's probably not coming back. Hunter Green hasn't looked good yet. I mean, they are like gasping for air, and it's a team that obviously didn't do anything at the deadline. And I still think that they're a team that can make the playoffs, even though their percentage has gone down quite a bit. Giolito, he hasn't been good with the Angels. His ERA is near seven in his six starts, but he also costs $1.7 million. So the, the conversation, nothing, I know it's nothing, nothing, but I'm saying the GM has to go to the owner. And I, they, I know there's a group Ca- of guys. Castellani, what's his name? Castellini. Castellini yeah. He, they didn't spend anything at the deadline. So. $7 million, That's like, that's nothing for these people. Dude, you're preaching to the I choir. I know. But like, Ronaldo Lopez looked great in their bullpen for multiple innings. Hell yes. Oh, I mean, he looked great in a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, Giolito's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. I mean, he's not he's not a one, but he's a good pitcher. He fits into the Reds rotation. He's, he fits in a lot of rotations. The Red Sox, yeah. if they still think they're in it, Todd Father. Uh, should yeah. be picking pitching up because their pitching has fallen apart down the stretch here. The starter's not going long. The bullpen getting burned for it. So, yeah, this could be very interesting. Tomorrow we could be talking about, like, 10 dudes moving teams. And with stadiums, Russ Dorsey back at it. Russ, good to see you, man. And let's cover the biggest story on the field from last night, and that was Alex Cobb, one out away from a damn no-no. You had the great plays. You had the hitter error early on. There were so many good storylines, and I picked up this game kind of halfway through. And lastly, the irony for me was you have Gabe Kapler allowing a pitcher to go 131 tosses in this game to finish out a one-hitter. Yeah, no, it was a really cool moment for Alex Cobb, and he was shoving that entire game. And it's funny that you mentioned the thing about Gabe Kapler, who – Big analytics guy and likes to go off the numbers and letting a veteran pitcher and Alex Cobb go out and do his thing. And I was on, you know, X or Twitter, whatever they're calling it these days. And I was seeing things like, ooh, old school manager Gabe Kapler allowing his guy to go deep into this game. I'm like, oh, that's actually not his brand at all. So that was uh, that was interesting to see. But something while I was watching that game, knowing I was coming on with you guys, and I wanted to ask AJ and Kratzy is when you're watching a guy throw a no-no, are you sitting there like calling pitches while you're watching or are you far enough removed where you're like, I can just enjoy the performance? I ain't calling nothing. (laughs) I'm sitting there watching. I watch. I watch. I've been there. I've been now, now my oldest son is, or my, you know, my two sons are sitting there and they're talking like, Oh, what would you throw this guy? Right. Maybe we'd talk about it, but like for myself, I'm so good at removing myself from the game. Because it takes so much concentration. And for me to sit there and be like, Patrick Bailey, you should have thrown this, but no chance. Like, he's seen what that splitter was doing the whole night, how he's bringing that two-seamer back, all that stuff. I don't even I don't even attempt to do that. No. Okay. I, I was just curious just seeing Crash, that, yeah, like, all right, maybe. nailed that, Russ. Crash, okay. nailed that one. Yeah, dude, trust me. Plus, you don't know what Alex Cobbs has that day. I mean, I ain't watching every pitch. I'm flipping back and forth. I'm not watching every pitch, and I'm not locked into how he warmed up. And went, oh, I'm like, dude, like, enjoy it. I'm a fan now. I ain't a player anymore. I have my shot. <laughs> Only with your kid, maybe you'd be my kid, on my a different kid level. My kid, but dude, I'm in Florida. Dude. I'm that saying was, if you're watching your kid yeah. too, oh, well, it's I'm different. Watching my kid, well, yeah. that's different. Yeah, my kid don't pitch though. <laughs> right, God. right, understandable. But um, do we have the Slater catch? Let's show that too while we're talking through it. And did you see the play early on from Schmidt? At third base, there was a hurricane coming. (laughs) Here it is to left center. That's a great catch catch. to end the eighth inning. That's the signature moment. That's when you think, all right, this is happening. That's the who was it, Dwayne Wise? Yeah, Dwayne Wise. Yeah, I mean that's a ridiculous catch. And Todd Father, Cincinnati challenged it too. Which hey, that's their right. Like you're you're trying to win a ball game. You're a wild card team. I just thought it was funny that you've got so much going on. And I think they were booing him a little bit. They're like, really, you're challenging that shit. It could have, I mean, listen, that was, it was close. It was really, really close play. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to challenge it to win and everything else. Russ, my question for you, uh, the Reds, they're kind of slugging off here a little bit. They're struggling. Do you see them picking anybody off waivers we just talked about? Yeah, you guys brought up the Giolito. I think that does make the most sense because you look in 
most of the season, the starting pitching has been the area where they've kind of fallen short, right? They've been carried by these young guys and that offense and that young enthusiasm can only take you so far, right? Before you need some guys who can give you some quality innings because it can put so much pressure on your bullpen, especially at this point in the year when you're, you know, I looked at the Reds for like eight weeks, they were all gas, no breaks, right? And they were playing good baseball and everybody loved them and they were outscoring, you know, really good teams. But after a while, you you need to be able to win a three one ball game, right? Win a win a four two ball game, and so if you're able to get a, a Mike Clevenger, if you're able to get a Lucas Giolito or, or a guy like that, that helps you. You know, there's only five weeks left in the season, and it is a full on sprint to the finish line. And and there's still a team that could be in this thing, right? Like I, I wouldn't just say just because of how they've played, they're out of it, right? You get somebody in there. You guys have been there where you bring in a reinforcement, like, oh, shoot, like we're in this thing again. And so I, I still think they're they're talented. They're a talented roster. And while I'm with Scott, like I wanted to see them do more at the deadline because of where they were. If you're able to kind of make up for that and say, all right, we can pick up this guy and slide him right into the rotation, that could be the move for them. They had this chance. We talked about it yesterday or the day before. I think it was when we were in Philly. Do you think the ownership or front office, whoever's making these decisions, looked at this roster and was like, there's going to be some regression. We don't think Ellie De La Cruz is going to hit for a cycle every week of his career. And now they're like, see, we're right. And so we're not going to go and get anybody? Or is it a, you know, I, I really think the ownership or front office was like, it's a little too early. Whether or not they wanted to get rid of their prospects or not, or money or anything, I don't think they believed in it in the front office. I think the players believe in it because they're fun to watch. I think a lot of these young, rebuilding teams feel that way, where there's like, we're a year too early, right? Where I fit, I know that's how you know the Orioles felt you know, last year, where it's like, oh, man, we're a really good team, but we're probably a year early, right? They, they, and then they expected the year they're having this year um, – but obviously, when you get there, you have a fan base that's looking at you like, all right, we're here now. Like, screw the process and all that other stuff. But you have, you know, front offices that are like, hey, we put a plan in place to have sustained success, right? And you don't want to start moving prospects and moving these guys that while you were bad, you were able to stockpile your system and you know those players are going to help you get where you want to go. Do you then move some of those guys to acquire a short-term rental and hurt a long-term game. There's tons of teams around the big leagues that feel that way. But then you have teams like the Chicago Cubs that probably felt that way this year. And you see where you are and you see where you are in the division. You see that the wild cards also open. You're like, screw it. We got to, we got to go and do something to help this roster because they played well enough. We have a guy in Cody Bellinger that we didn't know would play at MVP level. Who's doing that. Let's go get the best bat on the market in Jamer Candelario and see where we are. In the end of the, at the end of the season, there's a lot of teams that could, uh, you know, make some moves here. One of the moves that I discussed yesterday on the show and breaking news was Chris Getz being named GM of the White Sox. Now, Big insider, Brzezinski. Yeah, exactly. Watch that out. Happened yet, Watch it's, out. It's more than likely going to happen. Okay, and Hunter Renfro yeah. just went deep as he's on waivers, by the way. So that just adds to his value. Um, <laughs> <against> <laughs> true. The that is true. But. Is that going to happen, the Chris Getz thing? Because I was told by numerous people it is at the finish line and just they just haven't broken the tape yet. And also, after that, I'm watching Dylan Cease go out and he's giving up three in the first. Should the White Sox have traded Dylan Cease? All right, to the, the Cease point first, should they have traded him? Maybe, right? Like, if you didn't get what, exactly what you wanted with the club control that he has left, you're in no rush to do that, right? Like, if they wanted to come back in the offseason and say, all right, let's find a home, a landing spot for Dylan Cease where he would still have two years left of club control, we can still get a hell of a haul for him and kick this rebuild off right, sure, right? Like, I, I wasn't all like, oh, my gosh. It wasn't Shohei, right, where you have a guy who's an impending free agent, you don't move him, and then you don't make the playoffs. So I, I look at those two things differently because of the contract and the, and the club control. But I'm looking at the Getz thing, and if they're going to hire Chris Getz to be their new head of baseball operations, my question would be the process, right? Like, to not go take a couple of weeks after the season's over 
interview candidates. There are a lot of candidates around the big leagues that come from winning organizations, teams who have been, you know, in the World Series and the playoffs consistently that you could talk to. And then at the end of that, if you say Chris Getz is our guy, then fine. But you went through the process to then to all of a sudden a week after you make all these changes in Chicago to then say, now we have our guy already. It's it's Getz. Do you have enough information to make that call right now? That's the thing that I've been thinking about, you know, while thinking of who the possible candidates to lead that front office could be, because it's like, sometimes you just need to go through the process, talk to people, see what you want. Like, do you know after a week what you want in a head of baseball operations? I don't know if they do. I'll tell you what, no, I'll tell you what Jerry wants. He wants familiarity. He wants comfort. He knows Chris gets. And Mm -hmm. listen, I'm not around there every day. You're around there more than I am. I, I, you know, come in every once in a while, but I guarantee you, Getz was Getz sits up there with Jerry a lot in his in his suite. I've seen him right, and there's I'm sure Jerry's talked to Getz. But I agree with you. This is a White Sox move. Stay with, stay in line. Don't get outside the lines because even in their hiring process for Tony, they didn't in, interviewed one person. It was Willie Harris on the phone for five minutes. Right? They brought in Ozzy. They already knew Pedro Grafol, and, and there's conspiracy theories that Getz was behind the Pedro Grafol because they were buddies in Kansas City. Right. But now this is a White Sox move because they don't go outside the box ever. It's always inside the box. It's always Jerry and Tony LaRusso's friends that are brought in. And Chris Getz fits right in line with that, especially if it's Dayton Moore. Yeah. And, and we we had that conversation after you know they let go of Kenny and, and Rick, where it's like, well, if I don't know you. Right. I really can't make this this move. And I think I know a lot of people two cycles ago when they hired Tony La Russa, everybody thought that the the manager, next manager of Chicago White Sox was going to be A.J. Hinch. And then at the you get to the finish line. It's like, nope, Tony La Russa is the new manager of the Chicago White Sox. And everybody in that org is like, oh, man, I can't believe this is happening. Where you go back and watch that press conference where there Rick is introducing Tony. He looks like it looks like a hostage video. Like nobody wanted to be there and they knew that this wasn't the right decision, but that's kind of how they operate. And you, it's hard to be different. It's hard to be the organization that White Sox fans want them to be. If you continue to go through or not go through the, the right process, the right channels to make sure you have the best candidate available. If you think Chris Getz is the best candidate, fine. But if you look back since he became player development director for the Chicago White Sox, who have they developed that says, you know what, this is the guy to lead us in the next five to 10 years of White Sox baseball. It's a great call and much better times right now in Chicago, both the short term and long term. I know you touched on the Cubs a little bit. So we have Cubs Brewers, good fire going on in this series. Great game yesterday. Great call by AJ. And if you'll notice, AJ, at some point in the ticker, I put in a special for you, AJ. What did I say? AJ smash the under or something like that. I mean, dude, when the wind's dude, did you see there were three baseballs? There were three baseballs that were scorched. And they had no fucking chance. And the chance. outfitters like running in. I think they were all by Brewers too. But <laughs> but thoughts on the race in this division? Yeah, to me right now, I think it's more Cubs and Brewers and the Reds in the three spot, but still a wild card contender. But also what we're seeing from Milwaukee. I know the win streak finally ended, but damn, if this team can hit, they might win a World Series. Yeah, I think you're seeing the rotation that the Brewers thought that they would have when the year started, right? Obviously not having Brandon Woodruff for an extended period that hurt them a lot. Not having the version of Corbin Burns that they thought they would see, you know, from the start of the season obviously hurt, but those guys have figured it out. Uh, Freddie Peralta, friend of the show, uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff have combined for an ERA around 2.80 in the second half. So you're getting the starting pitching that you wanted. And then now you're starting to see some of that offense. I don't think they're, they're ever going to be an offense that goes out and blows people away scoring six, seven runs. But if they can get four or five, knowing that you have Devin Williams in the back end of that bullpen, they're going to be able to win some ball games. And I think what's really fun to me at this point in the season is that you still have that head-to-head matchup, Cubs and Brewers up in Milwaukee, last three games of the season. It should be a lot of fun. So I know the favorites are Dodgers and Braves in the National League. Is any, including those two, is anybody in the National League raising their hand and saying, yeah, we'll take on the Phillies in the first round. Seems like a fair fair fight. I don't think anybody wants that smoke, Crassy. Like, I think you lo- you're looking at a team that 
always in the second half, they can just hit that switch. It's like, oh, man, we are really good at baseball. And now you have Trey Turner, who you committed $300 million to realizing that, oh, I'm still really good at baseball. That lineup, doing what they did last night to, to the Angels, I don't think anybody looks at them, even the Braves and the Dodgers, saying, you know what? I want that in a, a five-game series, a seven-game series. And for a team that knows what it takes to get to the World Series, who have gone through as much adversity as they have in the last two years, they're prepared for these moments. A lot of teams aren't. Especially with Nola and Wheeler kind of learning what it takes to throw a little bit deeper into the season. Nola had like four or five straight years where September was a decline. And now last year, and he, he was – he was increasing. He was improving as September went and saw what he did in the playoffs. And now this year they went to like a little six-man rotation. It's – stuff's falling in line for the Phillies right now here, and it is it is scary canary for the rest of the National League. And the fact that they were able to get Bryce Harper back, he's looking like the Bryce Harper that we know. He's been able to play first base, and people haven't really even talked about it. And that that's a great thing for the Phillies. Like, if we were talking about Bryce Harper playing first base and it's like, oh, man, Bryce made an error tonight. Bryce made a bad throw. Now you're like, all right, dude, they need to find some solution at first base. But they've been able to make that work. They've been able to, you know, finally see a version of Nick Castellanos that they thought that they would see last year when they signed him. Yeah, I'm seeing a different version of Alec Bohm at the plate than what I've seen in years past. Like, this is a guy that is is starting to find that power, and you look at that frame, and you you always thought, okay, that's a guy that hit for big-time power and has really started to figure his stroke out. So offensively, I think they have the potential to be one of the deepest lineups in all of baseball. They're showing that with what they did last night. And if that starting rotation continues to pitch like they know how to, right, with with what they have in place there, they're going to be in a really, really good spot come into the season. Yeah, and they've been here before. I mean, telling them they're a wild card team, cool. We did that last they, year. And they ain't scared of the Dodgers, Braves. They ain't scared of anybody. No way. That's the thing. They have star power. And, and not all those it. guys have even clicked yet, and, and they've, they've done, done it. it. That's yeah. the key. They and, beat the Braves last year, right? They, yes. they went to the World Series. They, they, they did. They're like, we can do this. And Boehm yesterday it was cool. I mean, they intentionally walked Harper. He homered earlier in the game. We'll get to the Harper quote later, too, which is incredible. But – then Bohm's like, fuck you, threw a run homer. I like it. <laughs> he He's actually so young, too. Words. People forget. I mean, he probably did. I mean, he, he, he tells it out. like it is. Philly fans know, and they respect that. We know that from last year. Russ, great catching up as always, dude. We'll hit you next week, all right? Guys, uh, real quick before I go, yes. I know you guys have my, uh, my guy Jose Trevino on. Tell my guy I said what's up. Oh, shit, because you know him from growing up, right? We went to Oral Roberts together, and he was the first athlete I ever interviewed. Wow. Okay, so do you have anything good for us that we haven't talked to him about that we should know about or, like, any embarrassing college story both on the field or what he was At like? Or is he just, like, this model citizen I, like he is now? Now, Hose is, has always been a great dude. Most people don't know that he was a, shot, a shortstop, right, uh, in college. And when I first met him – he was playing shortstop. He was playing third base, and he was catching. He wasn't catching full-time at the time. And obviously, he came into college as a catcher as well, but he was a shortstop, and he was playing short and third base and you know, got drafted as a catcher and ended up winning the Platinum Glove. So it's really cool to kind of see that backstory. He was always a guy that had really good hands, and then to be able to translate that to the big leagues into a Platinum Glove is, is amazing. I didn't know that. Todd Father, did you know he was a shortstop in college? I not that either. I, I... No wonder why he's got really good hands. Yeah, you're right. Wow. R Russ and Jose were in uh, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda together at Oral Roberts. That is not true. That is not true. But another really cool thing, closer on that team, uh, when I was a freshman, Jose was a junior, Jordan Romano from the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Those two were teammates? Yes, they were. Okay, that's good because the Blue Jays and Yankees don't love each other this year. So we'll get into hey. that a little bit too. And Blue Jays are in trouble. We'll get into that. Hey, Russ, Scotty, good, what's good the, intel. What, yeah. Scotty, what's the nickname of Oral Roberts? The Flames, bro. No. I don't know. Used to be the – what is it, Russ? I don't watch they, much college they, stuff. They're the Owls? The Golden Russ? Eagles. The goal. Oh, wow. Why we are terrible. Ty got the bird. Ty got the bird. <laughs> he had the wrong bird. 
<laughs> Why do they have the flame then? They got the flame everywhere. So, at, so if you go to Oral Roberts, uh, they have the the prayer tower in the middle, and it has like a flame on the top. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Because on their uniforms, they have a flame on their hat. They have that is correct. That okay. is correct. Actually, I was way off, bro. Foul territory. Don't the go to us for college. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's close, Don. <laughs> that's March right. Madness is it Rice the Alf? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? Rice, Rice and Temple? Temple, Temple and mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic. They're all owls? Yeah. All right, guys. Come Ooh. on. Wow. We, well, I mean, <laughs> the old Scrooges back in the day all just copying each other. Owls. Owls. I love that. I mean, you got L- you got all the Tigers. You got LSU. You got Clemson. Yeah. You got oh, college. Yeah. So original. You know, yeah. Missouri. <laughs> Russ, thank you, dude. We'll see you soon. See you guys. Cheers. So we'll get into more of the wild card discussion and some other players that are available. A little fan question here. I was going to wait till the end of the show, but I'll bring it up now. Screw it. Why not? So Mike Laverty's in here talking with me in the chat today. He said, can Todd speak, but really all of you, but Todd, you played with him on Pete Alonzo's character in the clubhouse, New York media trying to make something out of nothing. Only person I was like, who wrote about it? Cause I was like, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of New York media. That's not really media. Only person to actually write about it was Disha Thosar, who I know he said, uh, she debunked those claims. It was originally brought up on a WFAN talk show by Sal Akata saying he was a clubhouse issue. I'm like, okay, oh here God, we go. So, so he gave me the God. quote. He said, what exact, this is the quote from Sal, who's so plugged in with the team. Here we go. I'm being very sarcastic. Quote, what exactly is going on? Why would Pete Alonso's name be put out there on trade lists or potential trade rumors? So I did some thinking and then I did some research, did a little homework, talked to some people. And the ultimate problem, this has been talked about too through the course of the year. The Mets have a toxic clubhouse and Pete Alonso is part of that. And he said another quote from that segment, why did they fail so miserably? It's because you have a bunch of selfish individuals not playing as a team. Unfortunately, Alonzo is part of that. I guess he doesn't know that he's a free agent coming up and they I'm also in, were shopping that since I'm they're not Todd, trying I'm to play for next year. He played with Pete. This. Yeah, we all, I mean, I know Pete too pretty well. I know well. Pete well, he's great. All right, so let's kick it around first here for our buddy Sal, who's so plugged into the Mets. Sal, <laughs> that's a whole different other story. Um, Sal doesn't know what he's talking about, man. He's he's just looking for some more plug to get excited a little bit more. Pete, he's a leader, but he's not a problem at all. He's a guy that's in the clubhouse. He keeps to himself. I mean, nothing has changed. He's not going to change. Pete wants to win. He's an exciting player. He's not part of the problem. Max Scherzer came out and said the clubhouse was fine the other day. So I don't know where he's getting his information from. I think it's bogus. I think it's just... Always something in Queens where a reporter or an analyst or whatever you call them is trying to stir the pot because the Mets aren't winning and they're trying to find another story. That's just all they do all the time. And Sal's been doing that for years. So it's just something where, yep, we're trying to stir something up. The Mets, are they're not doing well. They stink right now. That's it. There's nothing else to the story. He's going to be a free agent. Okay. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. And, you know, for this to come out, he's a guy, He's not, he doesn't speak much. Pete does to himself. He's quiet. He speaks with his bat when he goes on the field, and that's it, man, and there's nothing else to it. Can I make the case, too, that every team that doesn't play well doesn't necessarily have a massive clubhouse problem? Often yeah. it's just, hey, let's look at the numbers in the first half of the season from the two dudes that were supposed to carry you, and Max Scherzer will be the first person to say, it wasn't shit, found his slider with the Rangers, had it click with Mike Maddox. Better pitcher, Justin Verlander, calling out the pitching program with the Mets, which they're actually working on fixing right away, which I give them a ton of credit for, is building more of a, a, I would say, up-to-date pitching program to be able to give the resources to the pitchers that want those resources to be able to execute what they want to do on the mound successfully, which is what Justin Verlander demands as a pitcher. He goes back to Houston. He's got that. Those are two pretty big reasons why the Mets weren't playing well. That's my point is, yeah, I mean, you're going to have dudes that don't get along. Remember, we had McNeil and Lindor get into it, what, a year or two ago. But, like, overall, most of the time, it's just that the team's not good. I mean, listen, I was on some bad teams. We got along awesome. Yeah. It it doesn't make – listen, it matters. When you're winning, everything's great. And when you're losing, everything sucks. It doesn't matter. Clubhouse chemistry is the most – Oh, hardest thing to figure out and one of the most overhyped things on bad teams, like you said, and good teams. I mean, because, I mean, I mean, these guys will tell you, like, you don't hate guys. I mean, there are guys you can't get along with sometimes, but you figure it out because you're playing together. But there's never been an issue where guy, teams are like, oh, man, we're fighting every day in the clubhouse. 
doesn't happen because you figure it out and you're around each other and you're pulling, you're trying to win. And, and I, I just don't, I don't know. And if you listen to people talk, fans are like, Oh, the chemistry sucks. Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe these dudes really like each other. They just don't work together as a team. Maybe it was a flawed roster. Yeah. And if you're going to, if you're going to come up and make a claim like that, you got to give an example. You can't just say, listen, man, Oh, I heard this from somebody like you can't be, Oh, Pete, you know, he, he did this to somebody or he's calling meetings all the time or he threw his bat and, you know, people are feeling uncomfortable around this guy. You, you can't make, I mean, people do it all the time, but that's the more frustrating part. You make a claim like this and you, you, you're trying to ruin somebody's, you know, basically career and, and personality the way they are. It's, it's, it's not fair to that person either. It's, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's just, it's just New York radio bullshit. So. I mean, Kratz, like, we, we've all been around Pete. That's definitely not the I mean, dude Pete, that's Pete's causing the problem. Pete's kind of goofy, but he's a good dude. Yeah. He's kind of goofy and funny, and it, it's just they're having a bad year, you know? Yeah. I mean, hey, the Yanks, too. Like, they're having a bad year. I don't think the Yanks clubhouse is in shambles. Like, they're just not a good team this year. <laughs> it's that simple. And when you don't know the sport that well, and my biggest thing is, that's why I ask when the fans are asking us about New York media, I'm like, can you give me specifics? There's a huge difference between John Heyman and Joel Sherman, who are in the clubhouse, who know tons of players, coaches, people in the organization, versus a dude who knows a dude whose Uncle Tony's cousin's uh, dry cleaning friend or something like that said that he heard that this guy's not the best guy in the clubhouse. Like this is the kind of shit you get from guys that are not plugged in and they have to cover every sport and they really don't know anything about anything. So when you're sorry when, about it. If you have, if you have that guy, let's say you do have that guy and your team is losing the reporters. Are, that's, that's what they're going to go for. This, this dude that put this out here, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, he's, I, I heard he's a problem or, Maybe even a personal experience, like he didn't give me the the time of day. You know, some guys are kind of bristly to the media. Oh, they're gonna quick write about that guy's that guy's the problem because he didn't wait after all 162 games to give me my question on you know what's my favorite favorite flavor of gelato. Like these dudes are like they're grasping for straws because if you have a problem like that, if you have a dude in the clubhouse that you get in a fight with, like a real legitimate fisticuff fight, and that doesn't get out in the media, part of the team's problem, part of the team's, like, like issue going through that is to kind of joke about that stuff and, like, either bring that guy in or, like, excommunicate him from the clubhouse and think, oh, well, you know, maybe I did something wrong. So, it's like, that's how teams deal with stuff, whether you're winning or losing. Like the stuff's taken care of. You're not just going to have Pete Alonzo averaging 46 homers a year being this clubhouse cancer and like, oh, well, you know, nobody really says anything to him about it. I have a hard time believing nobody's going to call somebody out if you're there for five years and you're a clubhouse cancer. Yeah. Listen, listen, you guys know this. Whatever anybody does, you get called out on it. Yeah. Good, bad, indifferent. You do mm-hmm. something dumb. You do something to somebody and they don't like it. Someone's going to say something to you. And if I can't, I don't know. You, I don't know. You, you guys know Pete better than I do, but I've been in the Mets clubhouse to do games. He's right in the middle of them, goofing around, playing ping pong. Yeah. It ain't like he's on accountable. The talks, oh, to the talks to the media, he, dude. My only thing that I do think there's a case on is why haven't you offered him a big contract extension years back? And I do think there's some front office chatter in Steve Cohen's ear saying, "Hey, let's look at the age. Let's look at what we can get for him right now." There's more of that going on. Hey, look what we just did with Max and JV. We got some big prospects, which they did. They did a nice job there. But I think this is a guy that you – they should have done this a while ago, but even now should have said, hey, five-year contract. Let's get this going right now. Let's look at Fre- what Freddie Freeman's done. Let's up the AAB a little bit, and let's get this going. So we'll see what happens. Um, a lot to get to here. Let's start <laughs> on Boston. So we covered the Max Scherzer tribute video for the Mets on Tuesday's show. Obviously, he'd only been there for a minute, and Mets fans were booing it, and – Max probably felt kind of awkward about it. So here's the miss at Fenway Park. The Todd, I'll start with you because I don't know if you saw this because I know you were busy with Little League World Series. So apparently the Mookie Betts tribute video, which should be a huge deal, right? 
I mean, yeah. MVP, World Series winner, the whole thing, right? And the crowd crushed it with him. Multiple ovations throughout the weekend. They had Mookie and Ryan Brazier in the same tribute video. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, that's even if you want to do one for Brazier, because he's part of a World Series winning team, that's got to be done separately. Yeah, not everybody should get a tribute video anyway, too. It's like... Oh man, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it's it's a little bit big of a deal because it's like <laughs> I don't know, the thinking about it. I mean, Mookie was the man there, dude. He dominated, he did everything. I, I don't I still think the, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just think it's funny that's the way they went about it. You know what I mean? So Well, let me paint a picture for you then, Todd. Okay. You go back to Cincinnati for the first time and let me just like add things on too. Let's say you also in addition to spending all the time you did there, you won an MVP, you won a World Series, right? And then you come back, and some reliever that you played on with that team, who's who's now on the, on your team too, also gets involved in the same tribute video. Would would you care? No, I wouldn't care. I'm not I'm not that type of dude. I mean, listen, I I would just get a good laugh. I'd look at him, we'd smile, but at the same time, it's it is what it is. I'm not that small potatoes to me, man. Thank you for the tribute. I would appreciate it. And, you know, tomorrow's a new day and we move on. No, dude, it's probably a nice video. I didn't see the whole thing. I didn't see any of it, actually. I take it back. So, for me, thank you for the video. I got a lot of standing ovations. They appreciate what I did. Get goosebumps and, uh, you know, try and win a game afterwards. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Kratzy, it's awful. I mean, listen, no offense to Ryan Brazier, but you ain't Mookie Betts. I mean, you got, you got some outs for him, you know, in the seventh and eighth for him. But Mookie Betts was hitting dingers and doing all kinds of stuff. You can do separate videos. If you want to do a video for Ryan Brazier, awesome. But you don't do it at the same time as Mookie Betts. You do a you do a five second Ryan Brazier thanks World Series, and then you say then you turn the lights off and you have them fireworks going on. Like now the main event, Mookie Betts. You can't have them on the same thing. I'm sorry. It just it just it doesn't work. I'd feel I'd feel weird if I was Brazier. <laughs> yeah. If I was Brazier, I mean Mookie, I'm sure Mookie was cool with it and everything. But if if I'm Brazier, I'm sitting here like, what? Why do I have a? Why do I have a? I mean, I know I won a World Series with the team, and I was a big deal when I came up for that 18 team. But you got whether he deserves one or not is not really the question. It just shouldn't have been with Mookie at all anywhere. Sorry, Brace. Yeah, that's we're not saying he didn't. Listen, the Red Sox want to give him one. Oh, I don't care. Great. Yeah, like, the more the merrier. Because we used to joke with the White Sox, they give a, they give a, they used to give video montages to every guy that put a uniform on for him. We used to talk about. <laughs> oh, you pitched one inning. Oh, montage. But who was the great. worst one? Who was the uh, worst one? We were like, uh, I didn't even know he was on the team. Uh, <laughs> I never got that bad. There was a couple of times where we were just laughing, like. What are we doing here? They, because they'd come to us before the game and say, hey, we're going to do a montage for, you know, I don't know. Brian Anderson, did he get one? Probably. He, yeah, Brian Anderson, yeah. Something like that. But <laughs> Rob McCoviak, you know. Yeah, but anybody on, especially the 05 White Sox, you won a World Series. That, you know, I, that's, I, you said that. Ryan Brazier, yes. But you make them separate. Yes. You make, like Saturday. Or, or you do Brazier in the first and you do Mookie in the third. Or... Something yeah, like, or you do is, Mookie before he comes to hit. This is not difficult. It's not, but the Red Sox seem to not be getting a lot of things. We talked about this yesterday, too, didn't we? What? Something what else the did they Sox, mess up? Where they don't spend, what was it? We said this is the Red Sox. Oh, spending money. On Mookie bets? Yes. Yeah, well, that's a big thing. That's a much bigger <laughs> problem that they did not keep the uh, MVP front runner, at least according to the BetMGM odds right now over Acuna, which if you want to see more on that, we've got a great YouTube video on it. Carrie Carpenter going to join us in a minute, by the way. Um, do we have time here before Carrie for what Bryce said? Wait, hold on. Derek, just Derek, one of our guys, said Aaron Hicks this. got a tribute from the Yankees. That's kind of funny. Aaron Hicks actually did have a couple good years before the downfall. There was, you know, before the yeah, contract. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like he, he played. I know. Also still want to get into uh, – into that Bryce Harper story coming up. That was that was the best part of He's my night here in that quote. Like the, he, Harper's turned himself into like he, you know, people were like, "Man, this guy's not a very good, dude." He, He's turned himself into like 
a fan favorite, like for everybody, not yes. just Philly fans. Which is awesome. And that was a clown statement yeah. by some people, too. Like, he is well, very well-liked in Philly. Question, bro. That's why I said that. I know. <laughs> you should have seen him at the Little League World Series when they came through, man. He is he, he brought his emotions to tears talking about his kids, man. He's a different he's a different dude, man. He's uh, he, uh, Everybody's enjoying him, man. He's, 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 he's doing his thing. Dude, he's likable. He's in front of the camera. He doesn't say the same shit over and over. Like, he is great for the game i was um responding to some people yesterday on twitter i said he is baseball entertainment royalty in today's game because he's entertaining to watch he's entertaining to listen to and we'll go over that quote coming up in just a few on ft live but he's not just going through the motions like he's no, and he's representing only, the city if only we had somebody from foul territory in philly if only we had someone on the ground part that was actually in the stadium that could have gotten to come on todd if only we had two yeah. people to do that. John Crook, maybe. I don't know. And we get Trey Turner on. He hits four homers and, like, two at bat. <laughs> right. So <laughs> we didn't want to take up Trey's time. We, I mean, we didn't have time for everybody. We'll get Bryce when we get a good chunk of time. Sorry, sorry, if, Bryce, sorry if Bryce was third on our list. We got Nola. We got Trey. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about it. It's only a two-hour show. If you guys want to work overtime, then we can see if Bryce wants to come on. I said, where's Bryce? We'll stay. You guys said, oh, we have to go get cheesesteaks and crabby fries from Chicken Pete. Definitely wasn't me. <laughs> no, that was not me Pete's. saying that. Oof. You think they would give you a cheesesteak if you asked for a cheesesteak with no roll and no cheese? <laughs> More no. onions? You gotta have You're talking roll. to me? I'm talking, I mean, everybody else can eat onions, cheese, and a roll. Yeah, I'm going to be a hard no on, on all that stuff, but give me I, a big I, fat steak. What? I do have to say, something about the bread in Philly is different. It's just different. Oh, yes. Bread. It tastes better? Yeah. Like, you can go anywhere else and get a cheesesteak, and then you go to Philly, and it's something about the bread. Like, the meat's the same. Everything else is the yep. same. The whiz and the non-whiz, whatever you get. But the bread is what makes that's it good. All, that's all East Coast, big dog. The bread is the best up here. I mean, I live on the East Coast. It ain't the same bread. Northeast. Oh, Northeast. Northeast. Florida, Florida, Florida. What you know what I meant. Yeah, Florida bread, Florida bagels versus Northeast, not yeah. the same. Yeah. Take it to, from me. I'm a, I'm a bread have expert. Have you been to Einstein's? I did. All, all the <laughs> I don't even bring Back up Einstein's. <laughs> Back in the day. New sponsor. Have you been to Brugger's? Uh, Brugger's I skipped. All right, ready for this? So um, let's run Bryce Harper after yesterday's dub for the Phils. They had five homers. Bryce had one of them. And then he said this. Now listen closely and give it a sec. Just trying to keep things going, understanding. Um, you know, anytime I'm out there, I just try to have good at bats. And um, it's funny, I was driving in today, and you know, I'm listening to WIP like I do a lot, uh, the two o'clock hour. And uh, a guy named Chuck called in. He calls in a lot of players. Uh, but I said, uh, you know, he was talking about our team and talking about me and stuff. And um, I walked in the training room. I was like, I'm gonna go deep tonight for Chuck. <laughs> uh, that guy had me fired up, man. Um, but, you know, it, it's just funny. I mean, this team as a whole, we, you know, come in here, play with Phillies across our chest. We're all family. We're all pulling, um, you know, on that same rope. And, um, you know, we just have a great group in here, a lot of fun, and just you know, really good team. Chuck, Chuck, is, Chuck is more than just Chuck, okay? On WIP, it's 94.1 WIP. It's honestly where, you know, they, it's the standard, like, radio shows, but that's where Jack Fritz, the dude that did the stand, started the standing O, going around Philly. He was like, we got to get behind our guys. That's where he works. But Chuck, it's actually Chuck from Mount Airy. So he calls in. These radio shows, they just have the same dude, so they don't just get some random Joe Schmoes that call in. They're the same dudes that come in. OG Wade, Chuck from Mount Airy, and the guys, they, they always have their shtick. Well, Chuck from Mount Airy, he loves, loves him some Bryce. But when you love one player in Philly, you got to hate another player. So he hates, he <laughs> hates Joel Embiid. And I mean, just, he thinks Joel Embiid was the reason they lost. He thinks it is, it, it's a whole shtick. But it's Chuck from Mount Airy, not just Chuck. But it's hilarious that he just he's he's like he's just emerged himself into ingratiating himself into Philly. He's watching, he's listening to WIP on the road on the ride in, the two o'clock show. It's 
It's awesome. The way he said it too, the delivery was so good. He's like, yeah, you know, I was listening like I usually do. And Chuck called. He's hilarious. Like, it, it's just, it's so perfect. All right, who's got? Oh, I got today too. I got shades. Are we matching? Oh, get them yeah. Let's go. Let's go. So there is a lot of rain and wind in Florida right now, but it'll clear. We're super relevant for Shady Rays, too, because it's always a season. It's always sunglasses season down in Florida. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Nice, Kratz. Yes. Yeah, I like it, Kratz. Looking good. I like how Kratz poses, and you can't tell if we lost him or not. Kratz. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. So uh, for anyone new to the party here, um, we have a very, very – Awesome partnership with Shady Rays, um, hooking us up with a great discount, which we'll get to in just a sec. And it is also the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, meaning if you have a problem, like you lose them or you break them, they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So you don't have to deal with any problems. You just hit them up and they get it done. And same thing if you get a pair and you're like, eh, this isn't my style, let me try something else. No big deal, exchange for a new pair or you turn them free um, within 30 days. No risk when you shop. They've always got your back. Eric Kratz, looking good. All right, so exclusively for the FT fam, Shady Rays is given out the best deal of the year. There it is. ShadyRays.com, use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So um, I did wanna just add this real quick because we asked Trevino about Donaldson. The big quote that all the Yanks fans were looking back on is is Brian Cashman calling out Gio Oshella. Do you remember that? And Gio's like real quiet and doesn't say anything. So we appreciate what Gio's done, but he's not Josh Donaldson. You know. I like when GMs actually talk because many of them don't say shit. So, I mean, that was obviously maybe too far along, but Yanks fans were like, what? I mean, that that's one of the trades that people are looking at right now. They're like, dude, that really, that bombed. They took on, they got it rid didn't of Gary. Work out for t- either team, really. No, it didn't. Well, it, no, it did work out for the Twins. They cleared like $60 million uh, two years of Josh Donaldson. That's the big thing. part of it. Hmm. Money ain't a thing in New York, or it shouldn't be, but in Minnesota, it's it's a thing. Um, all right, so Legends Territory is up there right now for the LT fans. Ozzy Guillen, great timing to have him on with AJ and myself. So we've got a little little piece of that one. Um, it is up on, on podcast form right now. So Apple or Spotify, if you want to listen to it. And it premieres on YouTube tonight if you want to watch Ozzy pop off at six o'clock Eastern time. So let's run a little piece, a little sneak peek. The way you should be playing, you're not playing. This is that, I don't care who you are. You Pantera, you Eloy, you Moncada, you Granda, you, you Benintendi, whoever it is. If you don't play the way you should be playing, you're fucking not playing. This is that, go talk to your agent, call Jerry and call anybody. If you don't play the way we think you should be playing, it's on the manager, you're not playing. Not playing. I call people from the minor league. I said this guy tried to play hard for for us. That's one reason about you know not because it's, it's next to you know in the computer. A lot of people I'm about AJ. AJ say AJ, bro. Is any manager? I don't know. AJ play for different managers. I don't care. He said is Abba players like AJ show up every day to fucking play the game the way he played the game. I will take those guys every minute. Same way with my Burley. Never give me any problem. He said hey, we here to play. I have. I was lucky enough to manage a group of guys. Group of guys, they know how to play together. They know how what they, they worry about it. They get in their ass each other. They don't need Ozzy to take the TD out. Say, okay, baby, here he is. I'm sorry. Oh, my baby, so you got gas? No. The players take care of their own problems. My coaching staff was amazing because they went by the business the right way. And I was the bad guy. And that, that's like in that group, I think Hande was. Like, man, Ozzy, you're fucking it up for us. But that's the way nowadays, man, watching the game every day, I curse more of the of, of watching the game than any time in my life. And I curse every two minutes. Because when I see this team play, it's sad, man. It's sad. And I love those, I love those guys up there. I talk to them all the time. And when I go to the ballpark, I'm like, golly, for some reason, somehow, 
unfortunately, they don't click the way they should be clicking. They talk like they're clicking, but they don't. I don't even think there's anything to say besides make sure you catch the rest of that. You have some gas? You have some gas? You want to suck on the titty? <laughs> uh, Legends Territory up there. There you go. Right now on pod and premiering on YouTube on the Foul Territory YouTube channel at 6 o'clock Eastern. As again, on, I think for me, the most interesting part, the fact that Kind of wants to still manage the White Sox. And first of all, they have a manager right now. But he, it's Aussie he, being Aussie. he wants to take over. Like, it's just funny. He's on there pre and post, and he's like, fuck it. I want to manage this team. I mean, he, <laughs> he does not hold back. Right? No, he is a straight shooter. He is the, that, that pre and post is the most. It's the best. It's the best. Because Aussie, most of those pre and posts, you guys know, they're very positive. They don't say a whole lot. They Dude, do whatever Ozzie they just want. Lets it eat all the time. <laughs> and Chuck Garfine, who we've had on the show, yeah, he he gets into it too, man. And Frank, when he's on Scotty Pods, them boys don't hold back, man. They they let the fans know. And Ozzy gets into why he does it, and you know, Ozzy says, "I don't want to manage." Bullshit. He also talks about that. Yep, he does. AJ would be right there with him. He'd be the assistant coach. Oh, he we got into that. We too. Got, hey, the interview. He, yeah, he says that. I, I told him, I told him to kick rocks on that one. That was a good good negotiation. Yeah, no, he brings that up. He says that. He says I'm gonna be his bench coach. And I said, No, you gotta go kick rocks first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's slap. I just this, this reminded me of something. Phrase, you and I, we threw first pitches, right? Opening day. Yep. Kratzy threw a first pitch the other day at Somerset. Homie didn't get on the rubber. He was way. <laughs> they didn't him. They didn't let him. Whoa. Just your head, Kratz. Just wipe Kratz, your eyes on Defend yourself, Kratz. Are you kidding me? I got nothing to say, man. I told the guy. He goes, the the mic guy. I go, hey, I'm gonna get up on the rubber. He goes, you are not allowed. Nobody's allowed to touch the rubber. I was like, dude. I was like. I never played here, but I played. Like, it's not just kids. He goes, nobody's allowed up there. First kid, I was, like, in a row of, like, five people. First oh kid, God. he strolls right up the mound, ready to throw, and he goes, hey, he goes, you can't throw from there. He turns around and looks at me. He goes, don't even try it. Oh. Wow. Oh. You're going to let somebody talk to you like that? I, I was such – I was I got pumped so bad. Like, oh my god! No shot. I knew, and I told I told Scotty, I go. So we didn't do it. I told Scotty, I go. I am gonna get so much crap for this. I thought about throwing the ball out of the stadium, but but he threw a BB for for a strike. Yeah, BB distance. I get it. I get it. Um, uh, Kratzats, what do you got? Back in the day, day. My senior year, our, our hats from my senior year. A little bit of sweat on these things. It's what it takes to graduate from college. Is that Speed Racer? What is the logo there? It's for Royals, but we took the Rusty. Remember Rusty? We took that logo. What's that? The Surf Company. Rusty's a oh, yeah. oh, the Surf Company. First gotcha. of all, you still have a hat from high school? Yeah, he's a legend. College. He keeps his stuff. Oh. College. I got one. I got one from. I can't wear it because it, it doesn't fit and it's broken. I got one from <laughs> 1992, Round Robin. Look at this, John. That is oh, incredible. What is, incredible. What is that? Like, what is that? What's Round Robin was like? It was like the Little League. Like it was Little League Round Robin. It was a Round Robin team. You know, you you have to make it through. You have to make it through Round Robin to make it to like whatever districts and states and all that yep. stuff. That is an incredible hat. I have just, I mean, there's a lot of birthdays. I just want to throw one out there because my fam just met him the other day and he said he's a he's a big fan and wants to come on. Taylor Hearn, happy birthday. And also Good. tomorrow, um, aka Thursday, Brandon Belt, Lane Thomas, and a very special writer guest. I don't know if I'm going to say it yet, but special writer oh, guest. Is, is Brandon going to show up? No show Jones you can say again? It. No, no. He's coming on. He's he coming just, on. You can give him shit for it because you know Brandon, the personality. I don't know him at all. Really? Uh-huh. I do. He, he felt terrible. He's like, I'm the worst. I can't believe it. He texted. He got my phone number and texted me. And he, so he was apologetic, but we're definitely giving him a hard time. I got to mm-hmm. say happy birthday to Cliff Lee, too. 
the only pitcher that I ever told in the offseason I was going to hit a home run off of him. And then the next season I hit a home run off of him. So Nice. Hey, AJ, um, Wayno's birthday is today too. Did you know I know. That? I know. I texted him. I wasn't going to throw it out there because Wayno's got to come on for yeah, his birthday. Yeah, I mean, Wayno, every time I mention darling. the show, he, he, just, he goes radio silent on me. That's I don't know fair. what happened. That's not right. It's true. He's about to enter our world too. So Yeah, yeah, true. He's about to be a broadcaster. And By the way, tell Brandon Belt that Trey Turner, he hit another homer today. Since he's come on, he's hit seven homers in two games. So <laughs> wow. Brandon Belt needs to get hot with the boys. Trey Turner is suddenly the best player in Major League Baseball. He's back. Okay, we have AJ and Hawk in the uh, booth together. Watchers. Nice. How does he say he didn't see that? Yeah, Hawk he put his hand up. He wasn't catching it, I promise you. Wow. For the podcast crowd, we show AJ with a nice left-handed grab. And a little bow to the crowd, sitting next to Hawk Harrelson. He didn't see that. He put his hand no, up. He, he, no, when I get, I go. I'm like, heads up. Yeah. And he just, and then he, he I think he saw it like when it got close. Yeah. Dude, I was doing the game with him. He, he didn't even. He, I'm, the players, he didn't know who was on the field. So you think you could see a ball coming at him? No. The no, legend grows. Bad. The legend AJ's does grow. legend in Chicago grows. The new Northsiders. That's right. Soon. The Northside, White the Sox, North Southside Cubby Bears. That's amazing. Uh, one more. Michael Brantley. Welcome back, dude. We yeah. found Michael Brantley. 14-month absence. Injured. He's back. Watch. He's going to be like World Series MVP or some shit. You right. know it. We'll get into more Brantley Astros talk. He's not going to come on the show. He doesn't. Actually, he's a good interview, but I don't know if he'll. He's been asking. Okay. Do you know him? Yeah. All right. So let's get him on now that he's back. Anyway, we will see you on Thursday. Lots of big guests, good writer guests coming on on Thursday too. See you then. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code FOUL. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.